How you guys doing? Doing good? good. Doing okay? Yeah. All right. Well, hey, this week we are uh, continuing our series on being the bride of Christ. And so one of those things that we did last week was we had each one of, uh, each one of you that were here last week, we created this. You know how they have that in weddings where you take the, the sand and everybody dumps in a little bit of sand. Some of the families start off with some sand and then the couple dumps their sand on top of the family sand. And so we created this last week, this beautiful thing here, showing that um, <laughs> the uniqueness that is you has a place here. So every single one of us was able to do that. If you missed out on this and you'd like to participate, I left some sand. We had a couple of them left over, and they're at the front there. And you can um, just grab one after the service and dump your little portion of sand and take one of those vials home to remember you're part of City Church. You're part of Christ's Bride. So that's really fun. Uh, this week, we're actually doing something a little bit different. We're going to be talking about rings. In every wedding, there's a ring that happens. And uh, most ladies receive the ring before the wedding, right? Yeah. Ladies? We're going to be tagging alongside of uh, different wedding ideas uh, throughout this entire series. And so rings are a big part of weddings, aren't they? Okay. I know it's hot. You can... <laughs> rings, rings happen at weddings, correct? Yeah. Is there rings at weddings? Yeah. Okay, good. How much do you spend on a ring? What's, <laughs> what do you spend on a ring nowadays? Does anybody have an idea? You remember the old rule of thumb of what you spend on an engagement ring? What do you spend? Three months. Three months salary. My favorite, my, one of my favorite episodes of The Office is when Michael Scott decides to, he's going to ask Holly to marry him. Uh, it's the TV show The Office. Sorry if you've never watched it. But um, he wondered if she was actually going to say yes and so he went around and asked people, you think she's going to say yes? And then he pulls out this ring out of his pocket and says, I don't know if she's going to accept it, and opens it up. And all the women are like, yes, he's, she's definitely going to say yes. And he goes, three-year salary, you know, that's what they say. <laughs> it's got this big, gigantic carrot. <laughs> she's going to say yes. Three-year salary. Three months' salary is what a lot of uh, a lot of us have. Three months' salary costs you something, doesn't it? Have you ever lost three months' salary before? It's kind of an expensive cost, isn't it? For for some of us in the room, you're like, I could do that. You know, I could just take out three months' salary and out of the bank and actually pay for that. A lot of us in the room, that's a lot of money. Three months' salary costs something, doesn't it? That ring costs something. It's supposed to cost us something. It's supposed to cost us so she knows that she's really valued. That she's a, a really high value to us. We value her hand in marriage so much that we're giving her a keepsake of this diamond to remember, this is how much I love you. And Jesus did the same thing with his bride. He paid the ultimate price for each one of us in the room to be the bride of Christ. 
I'd like to look at some passages today. Normally, we take a chunk of the Bible and we break it down, but we're going to kind of jump around a little bit. And I'm going to show you the price that Jesus paid for his bride, for us to be his bride, to be called his bride. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we'll jump right in. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you that we can come with open hearts and open ears, that we can, we can lay down anything that is um, in front of us, anything that's behind us, anything alongside of us, and just say, Jesus, we need to hear from you today. So Lord, I just pray that this message would just be like red letters in the Bible, that it would just be direct words from you to your bride. As you call us the bride of you, that you are our groom and we are your bride as a church, Lord, that it would just be, this is how much I love you guys. This is how much I paid for you. Lord, that we would just hear directly from you. So, Lord, I just choose to get out of your way today. Just uh, set me aside, and Lord, would you just use these words, use this heart, use the breath of my lungs to speak directly to your bride. And as you do that, God, I just pray that my heart also would be just filled with with um, exactly everything that you want your bride to hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I'm coming to the realization that um, I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of ideas. Has anybody else came to that realization when they got older? <laughs> it doesn't matter if they don't line up with this. Who cares about our thoughts? Who cares about our ideas? If they don't line up with the Bible, who cares? And so my idea today is to just give you exactly what the Bible says about you. Exactly what Jesus says about you. Not my ideas, not my thoughts. You didn't come to hear that, trust me, you don't want to know what I think. You don't want to know the depth of my thoughts. You don't. Only Facebook gets to see all that. (laughs) Just joking. But yeah, who cares what we think uh, if it doesn't line up with the Bible, right? So 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this about the price that Jesus paid for us. For our sake, he made himself to be sin. Can you say be sin? Be. Be sin who knew no sin. So he became sin itself that didn't know sin. He became our mistakes. He became our attitude. He became our denial. He became our jealousy. He became sin and he didn't know sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, that we could represent everything that is good and perfect about God. Jesus became all the sin we could, we could ever think, we could ever do, we could ever act out on. Jesus became it all so that we could be found in the righteousness of God. I mean, we could be right with God because Jesus became all the sin John 3, 16, if you know this, go ahead and read it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. How many of you wanted to say that in the King James? It's okay. It's all right. It's cool. 
For God so loved the world. The most powerful verse in the Bible, isn't it? It's found in every football game. Somebody's holding up a sign that says John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So what did God pay to, for us to be the righteousness of God, to be right with God? God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So our role in this is to believe in God, to believe in Jesus. Isaiah 53, 5 says this, But he was pierced for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought about peace. And with his words, we are healed. So what did Jesus pay for the ring for his bride? He was pierced for our transgressions. The nail-pierced hands on the cross is what Jesus paid for his bride. He's pierced for our transgressions. A crown of thorns was shoved on his head. There's a ring for his bride so that he could have us as his bride. He paid it all. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. As you can see that Christ being crucified has became the ring of his bride. That tree, what a lot of us wear as a necklace, is actually a representative. It represents the ring of Jesus for his bride. First Peter says, First Peter 2, 4 says, He bore himself our sins in his body on the tree. This is more than three months' salary. This is more than three years' salary. Instead, it was his life. It cost him everything for his bride. It was his ultimate sacrifice on an ultimate altar to pay the highest price. Jesus paid it all. And it says, by his wounds you are healed. By his wounds, you are healed. And we, re we remember that when we do communion, when we receive communion, that we're healed by his wounds. But this healing, what it actually represents is also the healing and the restoration of your relationship with God the Father. By his wounds, you are healed. That means that our relationship with God is now healed. It's whole. It's paid for. Sometimes we read passages like that and think, like, I'm not really sick, Neil. I know. But the relationship with every single person that has walked the earth except for Jesus, sin wanted to separate us from the love of Jesus, from the love of the Father. And Jesus came and actually paid for all of those, all those sins that we can be healed with our relationship with God. By his wounds, we have been healed. For us to be called the bride of Christ, it cost Jesus everything. It cost him everything. But check this out. It gets even more crazy than that. In Romans 5.8 says this, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So not only is Jesus paid for everything for us to have a relationship and be called the bride of Christ, but in 5.8 it says that, he even did this while we were still sinners. 
Think about that for a second. When you go to propose to somebody and you get down on that one knee, which is what you're supposed to do, right? You see Jesus in this moment. And while we were still sinners, while we were still turned away from him, while we were walking away, while we were running away, while we were in denial, while we were upset with God, while we were frustrated with God, while we didn't want anything to do with him, he stood there with that ring saying, I don't care if you're still walking away. I don't care if you're running away from me because I'm going to wait here. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were in life of just making mistake after mistake after mistake, Christ still died for us. He paid the ultimate price for the ring, and he stands there waiting to give us this new life, to live happily ever after with him. It's a beautiful picture of Jesus, isn't it? It's only found in Jesus, though. It's only found in Jesus. As we just saying, the way, the truth, and the life, that's all about Jesus. He paid a price that no one else could pay. John 15, 12 says, this is my commandment. Love each other the same way that I have loved you. So he pulls the disciples aside and says, guys, love one another the same way that in the last three years that you've been with me, love one another the same way that I have loved you. Wouldn't it be so cool to love people like Jesus? I am so glad you're with me in this adventure wouldn't it be amazing? I'm being serious. Wouldn't it be amazing to truly love people like Jesus? Man, read the Bible. Read the Gospels and look at his compassion for people. Look at how he approached people. Look at how he forgave people. Look at the nonsense that the disciples brought to him all the time and he had to put up with. And he still loved them. Wouldn't it be amazing to love people like Jesus? He says, love people the same way that I loved you. There is no greater love than the one that lays down their life for one's friend. See, Jesus paid this price, and nobody else can pay it. He's the only one that can offer us a ring. Nobody else can do that. He paid the ultimate price for us to be his bride there's no greater love than Jesus Christ. This ring cost Jesus everything, and he was the only one that could purchase the ring. I've done some research on weddings and what the ring represents, and the ring represents eternal life, eternal love. It's a, there's a reason that it's in a ring. It's not cut up into different pieces, it's, it's whole, it means eternal. And the other thing is, is when we actually put it on our left finger, what that is, is we, the re reason we started doing that is because there's a vein that runs through our, our ring finger that is directly connected to your heart. And so it's this eternal love that's directly connected to the heart. Isn't that cool? With Jesus and his bride, it's an eternal love. 
He paid this ultimate price for us. Even when the bride fails, even when the bride falls, even when the bride screws up, even when we make big mistakes, his ring is forever. It's an eternal love. In a wedding, we use a ring when the couple looks at each other in the eyes, right? I think that's about the only time in a wedding that the couple actually looks at each other in the eyes. <laughs> Most of the time, it's like there's so much going on, maybe as they're coming down the aisle. But we use this ring to remember this moment in time where we're going to say the vows. And what I'd love to do is just say those vows with Jesus to his bride. As he says, I have eternal love for you. I, Jesus, take you, my church, for my lawful wife. You know, in lawful, there's an accountability factor there. We're signing our name to a document. We're a lawful wife to Jesus to have and to hold from this day forward. Listen to this. Listen to Jesus' words to his church. For better, and you know what? For worse. For richer, can I get an amen? <laughs> but also for poorer. And in sickness and in health. I think in sickness there's, this, there's a sense that Jesus leaves. I've prayed for a lot of people, and it's a really lonely time to be really sick in a hospital. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. In sickness, and Jesus doesn't leave. His love's eternal. He's right in those rooms with us. In sickness and in health, and until death do us apart. I will love and honor you all the days of my life. He pays the ultimate price for his ring. He doesn't stop loving us when we fall short or we come up short. He's in it for the long haul. He's patiently pursuing his bride. So I want to invite you today to take him at his promise. It's the word of God. This is a promise found in the word of God. And say yes to the ring. Not yes to the dress. Yes to the ring. <laughs> say yes to him today. He awaits you becoming his bride. He awaits this eternal relationship with us. And he sits on one knee in proposal state, will you say yes? Will you say yes today? I'd also like to invite us into another concept, which is take off the other rings off our fingers. 
Yeah, we're married to Jesus, but we're also kind of married to our career. We're kind of married to our dreams. We're married to our business. We're married to uh, some relationships that don't really bring Jesus out of us. And our hands become really full of all these other things in life that we're married to. And Jesus has this ring that's on our finger, and we, we start adding what the world says our fingers should be full of. Our hands become full of bling. But it's just nonsense, isn't it? Jesus' ring is the only one that matters. And so take off the other rings today. If you've been living two lives, if you've been pursuing Jesus a little bit and kind of adding Jesus into life, as opposed to giving Jesus your life, to have and to hold from this day moment, from this moment forward. And the last thing that I'd love to do is, maybe you've said yes to Jesus years ago. It's been 40 years, 50 years. But just like after the wedding day, life tends to hit us with a bunch of bricks. (laughs) Can I get an amen? You know, I've been around couples that have been married for six months. I've been around couples that have been married for a year, two years. Like, that's cute. (laughs) It's cute. Let's see how cute and cuddly you are 20 years from now when he stops going to the gym so much. Let's see how smiley you are on these car trips when you have three to five kids in the car. It's cute. But there are ways that we can say yes to Jesus eternally throughout life. When we said yes to Jesus, it wasn't a one-time thing. Jesus, coming in my heart and fill me with your love. Cool, we got that done. But it's consistently. It's more than once a day. It's more than one time a week on Sunday morning. It's more than once a month. It's a continuous relationship with Jesus Christ. It's saying yes to him all day. It's an I'm married thing. It's the same in marriage, isn't it? In marriage, I had to drop off a lot of my friends that didn't support my marriage. I had to leave a lot of things behind that were drawing me away from my relationship with my wife. I mean, look at my wife. Like, you you know, like, you're just going to leave a bunch behind. It's okay. In marriage, you you leave things behind that don't add to the value of your relationship with with your spouse. It's really important. Some of those friends that don't value your marriage, you will have to leave them behind for the relationship of your spouse to succeed. With Jesus... It's not about a building. It's not, it's not a one-time thing. It's sometimes we've got to leave things behind to pursue our relationship with Jesus Christ. There's ways that we can stoke that flame of that eternal love with him. In John 15, 1, it says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. So Jesus says that he's the true grapevine, and his father is the gardener. And he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. 
and he prunes back the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. The same word, this gospel that I just gave you, is you being pruned and purified for the message that Jesus wants to give you, that he loves you eternally. He paid the ultimate price. It's the same message the disciples hear. And so we're pruned and purified, and then he says this. But check this out. In verse 4 it says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. And so maybe you said yes to Jesus years ago, And life comes with a lot of obstacles and a lot of things distracting us. And Jesus is saying this entire time, remain in me and I will remain in you. This is a beautiful setting for some other service. I like this song though. Yeah, you can turn it off. If you can. I don't know why we did that. It was pretty, wasn't it? Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it itself is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Isn't that what it's all about? Don't we want to live life full of Jesus to the point where like we can face challenges and get through them and we can love people as he loves and Jesus teaches the disciples that if you try to sever yourself from me if you let the world get in the middle of our relationship that you're gonna you're gonna feel so distant you're gonna feel so distant from God you're gonna feel so alone in life and and be stressed out and full of anxiety and full of frustration but Jesus says just remain in me And I will remain in you. I'm going to be with you this entire time. I'm going to be right alongside. I am actually going to give you the strength. I'm going to give you the power to do everything in his name. Jesus is teaching his disciples, the early bride of Christ, the importance of depth with him. Remain in him, and he will remain in you. I just want to give you really three, three, quick, tri- three quick tips. <laughs> trips. They're going to be really fast trips. God's word. In this world, we have a lot of people coming up with a lot of ideas. We have YouTube pastors that are filling up people's heads with so much nonsense, and they have zero accountability. And if you don't base anything off of this, good luck. You're going to feel so distant from God. You're going to find yourself like following somebody's advice, somebody's ideas in life. People have really great ideas, but if they don't line up with the word of God, you aren't remaining in Jesus. You're actually stepping away from a relationship with Jesus Christ. I feel like I'm going to say this for the next year. I really do. Like, (laughs) show me in the Bible what it is that you're doing. Teach me. Show me. Don't use Moses going up the mountain. You have to go be alone. Like, please, come on. Like, show me in the Bible what it is that you're doing in life and base it off of this. Remaining in Jesus means knowing his words. If I talk to my wife one time a week, I'm not going to know her very well, am I? 
Open up your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we got free Bibles. They're free. They're right there. Grab a Bible. Use the Bible app on your phone. In my opinion, grab something that you can actually hold on to. Because this is a lifeline in life. Memorize some of those passages. Memorize those scriptures. Put them in your heart, deep in your heart. Setting aside some time for prayer with Jesus. You know, things get really complicated sometimes. And wouldn't it just be nice to just love Jesus? To really just love him? To just be in love with Jesus? Whether it's your first time or whether it's, you know, your hundredth time. But that happens through a relationship. But just sharing your heart with him and Jesus, I want to hear from you. What do you have to say? There's a song by Jelly Roll, who's this, this new country artist, and it says, I only talk to God when I need a savior. I only talk to him when I need a friend. And I'm like, Jelly Roll, buddy, that's nice that you're reaching out to God, but it's so much deeper than that. <laughs> To actually get in your car and start a conversation off with Jesus. Date night Jesus. The same way you would look at any relationship. You are the bride of Christ. The same value that you would put on a groom is the same value that we can put for Jesus. The last one is this, is get around a good group of people that also are pursuing a journey with Christ. This is encouraging. I don't matter how hot it is in here. It's always encouraging to be around other people. Like, yeah, we're all going through stuff and time to actually get to know one another and pray and, and hang out with one another. Get around other people that are pursuing Jesus with you. These are three quick things. And sometimes I think that we would love to have new stuff. Like, we want a new idea. Well, maybe my relationship with Jesus would be better if I went to a different church. Or maybe it'd be better if I had a different pastor. Or maybe it'd be better if the church had air conditioning. Or maybe it would be so much better if I moved. Or maybe I need to go be alone with Jesus. And that's, a, like, this is all based out of the Bible. Everything that I just gave you is exactly what Jesus gives for his disciples. It's not always the newest and best. I was just at Cedar Point the other day on a Monday. I went there with my son. So it's an amusement park, has the tallest, fastest roller coasters in the world. Uh, it's in Ohio, super cool. So when I was 14 years old, I went there with my mom and my dad, which is just a lot of fun. And then, um, <laughs> so my mom and I rode the tallest, fastest roller coaster in the world together. It was the last roller coaster she ever went on. She's never been on a roller coaster since. The XL 200. It's 210 feet tall, and it goes 70 miles an hour. When I was 14, I'm 44. So we get there, and we ride the tallest fastest coaster they have there it's 310 feet and goes 93 miles an hour it was amazing amazing 
And so I was like, you know, for nostalgia's sake, I want to go over to the last coaster that I rode here because I haven't been there in 30 years. And so we go over there. Well, for the tallest and the fastest, there's this line, right? And when me and my mom went to the tallest, fastest back 30 years ago, there was a two and a half hour wait to ride this ride. Well, today, if you go there, you walk in and you walk past all the gates and you just go and stand in line. Like, okay, next up, like the coaster's waiting for you. We got nothing else going on. Nobody else wants to ride this. Feel free to jump in. You want to go again, buddy? Like, we, we, we got anything. And it just, it reminded me, you know, like some of the, some of the basics of discipleship, some of the basics of falling and falling in love with Jesus and keeping that, that fire stoked. We, we kind of, you know, like I'm looking for the tallest and the fastest now. And here's this like line of discipleship that's really simple. Read your Bible, get to know Jesus in prayer, come to church. We're like, well, I kind of want to go, what's well, over here? I want to go taller and faster. And Jesus is saying, no, this is the depth that you've been looking for. It's found with you in him. In those moments of just being in your room and just crying out to Jesus saying, like, I feel alone right now. Will you be with me, Jesus? I feel so broken right now. Jesus, will you come in the midst of this? Jesus, thank you so much for a beautiful day. Thank you for my job. Jumping into his word, his word is actually alive and it's living, which means like you can Bible roulette this thing. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> you can open up his word a lot of times and it'll be exactly what you need to hear in that moment. It really will. It's so crazy because it's alive. It's, it's living. And so put this deep in our hearts and Remember the cost that Jesus paid for each one of us to be called his bride. We get to have this because of the ring of Christ. We get to have his word. We get to hold it close to our hearts. We get to be filled with the spirit, which brings his word alive in our hearts. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. If there's some of you in here um, that just have always wondered, like, does Jesus really know me? Does, does God really know me? Does he, like, does he know me know me? Does he know my heart? Does he know what's going on in my life right now? I just, just want to invite you into, into this moment right here. I just want to pray that, that you would know that Jesus knows you. He waits for you. He's patient with you. He has everything that you could ever want. The life that you've always wanted to live is found in Jesus Christ. It's, it's here and it's available today. So Jesus, we just, we just take back anything else, Lord, any rings that have been on our fingers. anything else in our life that has tried to draw our attention. Some of these rings on our fingers, even as I started praying, and I know this is for me, but I just want to share this and just be really, really honest with you. It's like some of these rings on our fingers don't have to be things that are calling us uh, towards it, but they can actually be things that are calling us away from Jesus, which is, 
you know, offense and unforgiveness. Some of those rings are just like, our, our fingers are full of just being offended. And I'm holding on to this ring for the rest of my life. I just invite you even in this moment right now to just release any of that right now. To just forgive. 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 that wants to distract us from from you Jesus we just release it to you right now anything that wants to pull our attention away and hey you need to step over here and focus on this Lord would you be our main focus as as our bride Lord would our eyes be focused on you Jesus your bride. Lord, would you just be a great reminder for us this entire week of just pulling us aside and reminding us of how good it is to be in your presence. Just, just that great reminder of, man, it's just so good to be in God's presence. So good that you want to be with me. Lord, would you just remind us of that? Would you just give us um, uh, times that are just so uh, pivotal in, in moments in our, in our relationship with you this entire week of just being alongside you in life? Would we be found remaining in you and you remaining in us? And lastly, just as you're praying, if um, before service started, uh, somebody just had the word that there's somebody just dealing with a lot of inflammation, whether that's uh, your leg or whether it's um, um, your arm, just inflammation in a um, something that's going on. If that's anybody in the room, is anybody dealing with a lot of inflammation? Okay, very cool. God knows us. He knows you. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. He, he cares for you. He loves you. You are his bride. And so what I'd love for you to do is just, um, Sherry will actually just, can you just go to her? Just love to pray for you. God, we thank you that you're a healing God. That you're full of comfort, that you're full of wholeness. And Lord, that, that there's power in your name, Jesus, to heal. Not in our own words, but, but in the words that you've given us, God, that, that you are the healing God. And so when we uh, pray in the name of Jesus, there is power in your name to be healed. So just pray for healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Very, very cool, guys. Would you stand up with me?